I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thanks for listening. November is Native American Heritage Month. On today's show, I'll speak with Carissa Valencia, creator, executive producer, and showrunner for the new Netflix preschool children's series, Spirit Rangers. Inspired by stories from Native American tribes, Spirit Rangers follows the adventures of Cody, Summer, and Eddie, Sky Cedar, Chumash, Cowlet siblings who transfer into animals to help protect the land and spirits of the national park they call home in California. Carissa is the first California Native American showrunner and shares why it was important to create this series and what she hopes kids and adults alike will learn from it. Here's my conversation with Spirit Rangers creator, executive producer, and showrunner, Carissa Valencia. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to speak to you about this series, but first, I want you to share with our listeners what a showrunner is. Ah, yes. So a (laughs) showrunner, it's like having all my dream jobs at the same time. (laughs) I essentially oversee all the departments that it takes to make a TV series. It's this combination of being creative and managing an assembly line because we have to get through casting, directing, editing, art, records, post, and it's just this long process where I'm at the top here, leading the charge, making sure the vision is all consistent. Yeah, it's quite a role, that's for sure. And I want to talk about you being the first Native Californian to do this. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about the Sky Cedar family and the children. Cody, Summer, and Eddie. And then I want to talk about the animals that they turn into. Um, They also have a couple of sidekicks, which is um, coyote and lizard. So tell me about the family. Uh, Our Sky Cedar family is my dream come true. I always wanted to see myself on screen in a modern space. So I had also looked back, and I'm a lover of national parks, but had realized I had never met an indigenous park ranger before. So in my dream world, this is a family of park rangers that are taking care of their land and place in a modern way using technology and their environmental sciences, their traditional ecological knowledge, um, but also celebrating their culture, knowing that their culture is magic. My tribe believes in the transformation of certain people. So we have bear doctors and they transform into bears and also humans. And those types of stories really excited me. I'm a fan of like fantasy and supernatural stuff. So the Sky Cedar family is based on the Shumash and also the Cowlitz. So you'll see that they look like they have different skin tones, hair colors, hairstyles. And it was a beautiful way to show that families can be multi-tribal as well. So I want to talk a little bit more in depth about that. But first, I want to ask why the selection of the cub, the hawk, and the turtle? Why were these animals selected? What was the reasoning behind it? So this whole thing really started out with a bear. I went to one of my tribe's bear ceremonies and watched our dancers honor the bear. They're wearing the skins. And as I was watching, I was just it's just so beautiful to see that the way that they move and honor our animals in place. And I was thinking like, what if a little kid found a bear skin and realized that they can also transform. So that was Cody. That was the first character that kind of came up for me. And then from there, I wanted to 
have this assemble of like assemble some superheroes and wanted to give them their own unique space. So I chose an animal that was land, water, and air. Ah. And the turtle was next because the turtle's on our tribe's flag, so really important to me. And he has all the rock art on his shell. And then um, Summer is a red-tailed hawk because they're everywhere in California. I've always seen them. Anytime we see them, um, we you know consider it a real treasure. If I ever find a feather on the ground or anything like that. So I definitely wanted a red-tailed hawk in there. So a lot of thought was given to the animals that the kids would turn into, obviously, and for good reason. Now, the children have a secret necklace made of abalone shell. Why was this the item for their secret power? So it was a bit of, um, I wanted to show off the Shumash jewelry, which is our beautiful abalone shells that we use in a lot of our necklaces and earrings and regalia. So each of the kids has the pendant in the shape of their animal, but it's a different color abalone shell. So Mm -hmm. Cody's got the red shell, Summer's got the white shell, and then Eddie has that traditional green-blue shell. And from a story perspective, we wanted to make sure that the kids can transform at any time. So if they're always wearing their necklaces with them, that would help ease that process. But also it is so cool just to see them in their park ranger gear and then wearing their native jewelry. I love seeing the combination. Well, they're definitely cute characters. So the animator who created them, very cute. Was that with your direction or did you have that vision of what you wanted them to to look like and what to be? Yes, I did. And I am not an artist by trade. Unfortunately, I'm very jealous. I wish I could draw. We are partnered with Super Prod Animation, and they're based all the way in France. And they have gotten the American U.S. history course that they never asked for and have learned so much about our U.S. tribes. And uh, with that, every tribe, every spirit, whatever tribal prints that they have on them are all inspired by the region that they're from. So Coyote and Lizard have rock art all over because they're Shumash. So that's where that's where you'll see that come from. So it's in partnership with Superprod. We also had Chris Aguirre um, early on in the development phase. He is Apache and was brought on to really help me kind of start do the visual development and creating the world from nothing. And it was a really fun process. Now, you have a great opening song, a great opening theme that i it's really catchy, and that's what it should be, right? Summer, Cody, Eddie, as of today, you are officially Junior Park Rangers! <gasps> this is the best day of my life! The Spirit Rangers are here to protect every, every crook, crook, cranny, and critter! Yeah! The raining rocks are falling all over the park! Not the face, not the face! Thank you for lending a wing. Anytime, rain or shine. Heroic! Why, thank you! I am everyone's favorite spirit after all. Not too, Coyote. The Spirit Rangers! Another job for the Spirit Rangers! What's the message of the theme? What what are you trying to convey? What lessons do you want to instill in the in the children or the adults that watch it with them? For the opening, I am really welcoming you to the park. It is a welcome to this Disneyland of all national parks 
to Somala Shumash territory. We have some Somala language in there. Um, when our composing team was working on this song, they were brainstorming and kind of settled on like, oh my gosh, like they were thinking like, who is the singer of this? And they were, at first they were like, maybe it's like the creator or something like that. And then they were like, no, it's Carissa. She's the one who is welcoming you all to the park. So they really mm. wrote the song with my voice in mind, thinking about that. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that this project has been in your head for a long time. Well, I should ask, has this project been in your head for a long time to to bring these characters to life? Tell me about the characters themselves and, and how they may have been living with you in your heart for a while. Yeah, I think I really... I really cracked Spirit Rangers around 2018-19-ish. So it wasn't that long ago. I was right in the peak of my career in the preschool space and really learning the audience and the types of stories that are being told. And I had Spirit Rangers kind of in the back of my mind, but just didn't know how to gear it towards. Like, is this an adult show? Is this a, you know, an older kids show? And then after learning so much from Chris Nee, who created Doc McStuffins, I was like, this is a preschool show, 100%. All of our tribal stories are so universal with those lessons that we're sharing, like Trickster Coyote is always up to no good. That's like perfect for preschoolers who just want to like laugh and watch him do silly things. So that's where it really kind of found its home. I got to say, I like Lizzie Lizard um, because <laughs> yeah. I like some of the one-liners and the quick comebacks mm-hmm. it have. Now, I understand you base the Sky Cedar family on specific tribes, and you've said it a couple of times. Did you talk to the tribes when you had this idea and knowing that you were going to kind of share their stories and what were their thoughts or ideas? What did they share with you? Yeah, this is a piece of the puzzle that I've been so proud of um, because, as we know, Hollywood has made stuff for a long time about us, without us, and I didn't want Spirit Rangers to be in the same trap. So I first went to my tribe, the Shumash, and had a meeting with my elders council and told them what I wanted to do, the show that I wanted to make as a way for me to give back to them because they paid for my college education. And this is something I wanted to give back to them. Um, and after I shared everything, they were just so moved and so happy. They gifted me these transcripts from my ancestor, Maria Solaris, who is the reason why we have our language and our stories uh, today. And only the elders have those books, but they gifted them to me so I could adapt these stories and, and I had permission to do so. And if there was any I had questions on, I would go to them. And they would tell me, no, please don't do that. Or here's another Mm -hmm. idea. Try to do um, this character instead. So it was something I really wanted to be respectful of. And they've been involved at every step of the way. And when uh, Dr. Jolie Proudfit had this idea of bringing in another tribe, so the family was multi-tribal, which I really loved because then we can have you know, a variety of looks for our family. And Joey Clift offered to ask his tribe for permission. So he did a big eight hour Zoom with his tribe, same thing as I did. And they wholeheartedly were very excited. Both the Shumash and the Cowlitz are smaller tribes. Mm -hmm. I don't think they get a lot of the attention that some of the bigger nations do. So they're really, really excited to show off their culture. So dad is Cowlitz. You'll see him in his cedar hat. And then mom is Shumash. So the kids are a mix of both. So that also gives you the opportunity to play with two different tribes, two different stories and way of thinking. And that um, we marry sometimes outside 
our tribe, right? So mm-hmm. that kind of gives that opportunity to explore stories down the road. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, it's really cool to reflect that, that we're not a monolith. We can belong to two different tribes and not know everything about each other. Right. So when you're inside the Sky Cedars house, you'll see baskets up on the shelf, but you'll also see family photos of them at Mount St. Helens. They can belong to both. Now, I'm going to go back to the question I asked earlier, because I don't think I got the answer, and I may have cut you off. But um, I wanted to know what the, we talked about the opening, but I wanted to know about the lessons or the theme that you're, you're wanting to convey, what you want the little kiddos or the adults to, to walk away with. So I think as a whole, I'm really hoping that uh, kids and family will appreciate our environment. You don't have to be native to enjoy this show, but I do hope that those who are native will feel pride and feel acknowledged that we are a community that's still thriving today. And that also um, folks who are non-native learn a little something new about the indigenous world. And overall, I think themes that you'll see a lot in this series are community, friendship, not being perfect, and just kind of that we're all connected. We and kindness. And kindness. Just being kind Absolutely. to to our fellow person that's um, in our space, right? Just being kind. You're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, I'll continue my conversation with Spirit Rangers showrunner and executive producer, Carissa Valencia. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Come and gather around, listen to the story Here in Hoose Park, where the spirits play Someone must protect Chumash territory Who will hear the call to save the day? Here come the spirit rangers Here come the spirit rangers Here come the spirit rangers yeah. Hurricane or flood, sleeping sun or blizzard Cody summer hot Turtle too. With their friend Coyote And their best friend Lizard Come and join the fun And we'll all say If you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Carissa Valencia. She's the creator, executive producer, and showrunner for the new Netflix preschool children's series, Spirit Rangers. I want to ask you a little bit about why was it important for you to create this series? What was, you said you wanted to kind of give back because the tribe had put you through college. You wanted to recognize them, but why was it really important to you? I don't know, maybe from when you were a little girl to now, you're still pretty young. (laughs) Why was it important to you to do this series? Um, Well, this series, like at the end of the day, it has really healed my inner child. I, growing up native was tough in, California, where, you know, our curriculum is you have to build a Spanish mission in third grade. And it's like really tough to hear yourself spoken about in the past tense. And I just like that really, really stuck with me, that feeling of being invisible. And I also think like when I would tell people that I was indigenous, I would just get all the silly questions under the sun. And I just didn't want to have to deal with that. So I wouldn't even say that I was indigenous sometimes. And I just like, look back on that and regret it. But it's also just like, it's part of the process. And now here I am loud and proud native in all types of ways. And I'm just hoping that this next generation won't experience that. 
And do you think that people do ask silly questions or is it because they just don't know the answers? They don't know the history. They don't know. They just don't know what they don't know. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think our community has been caricaturized in a way that those silly questions can come from. But there's also just like people are genuinely curious. And those types of people that have good intentions, I'm always happy to answer because if you're taking an interest in learning about us, like, amazing, because we're still here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to to not be afraid to ask questions if you're genuinely wanting to learn more about the culture. And I compare this to my world in autism. A lot of times I didn't want to explain what autism was to every single person, Mm. but I realized if I took the time to explain it, then one more person would know one more true characteristic or a factual thing about autism. And so it does take time, but the more you share this information, the more people learn from it. So that's kind of the same way. Exactly. Okay. Completely agree. So now I want to ask about the pool. Why is it mud and not water? The pool. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So that is an episode where it is the hottest day ever. And kids, I found playing in mud is way more silly and fun and even colder than water because it'll last on your skin. (laughs) And it's also a little nod to bears that love to coat themselves in mud. So definitely just to be silly. Uh, Okay, well, I know that they keep (laughs) jumping in the mud. And I'm like, well, that seems actually fun and cooler. And you know, but then I'm like, why isn't it just water? So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Okay, why Netflix? And what did it take to get this project off the ground? Uh, uh, So Netflix was at a really exciting time, and they still are, where they just started four years ago, brand new animation studio, and looking for diverse stories that were not your traditional Disney, Nickelodeon. And for me as a creator, like that was so enticing because I had worked for studios that have a brand, they have boundaries they got to keep. Whereas Netflix at the time, like they were just like, do whatever you want, which was so exciting to explore my voice as a artist, but also to tell my team, like, let's create the show we've always wanted. Like, what would you do? What would you want to do? So Netflix was the perfect partner for that. All right. Well, let me talk about the team and the voices or the cast. Is everyone involved of Native background? So all Native characters are voiced by Native actors. Okay. Um, We definitely have like park visitors who are not Indigenous and still can visit our park, of course. But um, yes, we have a stellar, stellar cast. I am obsessed with our Spirit Ranger kids. They're so, so talented. But this series also has... Tantu Cardinal, Wes Studi, their sun and moon who watch over the park, which was like so special to me because there are elders in the park, but also elders in the native Hollywood space. They really paved the way for us. So I'm really happy that we have them on the show. And then every episode has its own original song. And it's been really fun to invite cast that can sing or some cast that you didn't know could sing who will (laughs) like we have Kimberly Guerrero sings a song we also have Brooke Simpson who is her voice is beautiful and she sings a song for us 
Listen to the spider, the wisest of them all. If you want sweet dreams, you have to listen to my song. We keep the bad dreams far away with everywhere. We are all, we are all connected. And every feather will bring good dreams to your head. We are all, we are all connected. It's been really great to have our native cast flex this animation muscle. Now, staying on the cast for just a little bit, did you go through the whole casting call and go through that? Did you know these young kids or did you have inclinations of where to go or did you just do a, a casting call for natives? We did a casting call um, with the guidance of the amazing Renee Hayes. She um, and Elise helped us scour this country for our Sky Cedar family. And then from there, um, the baton was passed to Allison Bosch, who's a voiceover director, casting director. And her and I had worked together on the Chicken Squad previously, and I had seen her work with kids, and she's so good, and I knew she'd be great for our first time kids but also a lot of our native talent has never done voiceover before so they really needed somebody experienced who was going to tell them and train them and support them so she was somebody I brought on and I'm so grateful for it and then lastly regarding the writers are the writers Mm. native as well yes our writers staff is entirely indigenous Um, that was something that was really important to me because I am only one person. And (laughs) I think to make our show great, it was going to take more than just my perspective. So all of our writers are from Indigenous backgrounds. We have Joey Clift, who is Cowlitz, Kelly uh, D'Angelo, who is Haudenosaunee, Carly Malamute, who's Athabaskan, Shelley Dennis, and Chris Crenwell, who are both Choctaw. and bringing our experiences together, that writer's room was really, really special. And I feel really lucky that they felt that they could be vulnerable and talk about what it was like to be a native kid. Sometimes it was a joy, sometimes it was really hard. And we just shared all of our stories and put it into the Sky Cedars and all these visiting spirits. Well, I have to say the show is really um, lovely and brilliant to watch. It's colorful, it's, it's gorgeous. but. Now, I want to ask you about being the first California Native American showrunner. Will you share a little bit of your journey that got you to this point? And maybe it goes back to living on your reservation. And as you mentioned earlier, they got you to college. Tell me a little bit about your journey getting to this point. I am a huge animation nerd. <laughs> Love animation. Always wanted to be in the space. One of my first heroes on screen was Pocahontas. I am a 90s baby. She was everything to be. Um, I remember at our powwow one year when I was like 10 years old, Irene Bedard was there and my sister and I were just like, oh my God, there she is. And we had her sign our DVD. And it just meant the world to me that she looked like me and my sister. She was like representation really, really matters. And it wasn't until, of course, I got older and realized the source material was not great and Pocahontas' story was so romanticized. And that's when I knew I needed to be on the other end of the camera. Like I wanted to be in the driver's seat of creating that native content or just native characters that are fully realized characters. 
So I went to school at the University of San Diego, where I was an English major and a communication studies major, mainly focusing in creative writing because I didn't know a path to TV and film. Um, and then I got into Syracuse University for grad school. And that's where I really got my hands dirty with TV and film and learning the ropes and was so and just knew it was for me. And after that, I moved to Los Angeles. My first job was a Nick turn at Nickelodeon's as oh. an intern there, and then went on to work as a production assistant on Dora, and then a script coordinator on Doc McStuffins and Vampirina, and then that's when I started writing, and then Spirit Rangers came about. It's been a very fast few years. I guess I've been out here for eight years now. Wow. And what would you say to the younger you when you were first impressed with animation, what would you say to that younger youth that is perhaps interested in this career, or interested in this type of a career? Yeah, that's a, oh, that's a very good question. Um, gosh, I would just say to uh, that I am not alone. I think back then, being native and wanting to tell native stories felt really isolating. I was often the only native in the building or the room. And then to come out here to LA and meet an amazing array of native artists is just like fueling my creative soul and seeing the success of like reservation dogs and Rutherford Falls and Prey. And it's, it is so, so inspiring. And I think I would tell myself to keep going. Native stories do matter. Right. And have you had any feedback from audiences or what has been the buzz? We did have a private screening recently, and that was really special because we got to show two episodes. That's four stories total. And oh, gosh, yeah, it was really special hearing the kids come out of the theater saying like, Eddie's my favorite or I want to be Summer or like <laughs> using their necklaces to, you know, try and transform it's been getting really positive review just from even that little screening. And I love that people can't get that song out of their head. That makes me really happy. So I'm just so excited to share it with the world. All right, Carissa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this creation. I look forward to watching it on Netflix. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Come and gather around. Spirit Rangers is now streaming on Netflix. To learn more about Spirit Rangers, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on today's show. Hurricane or flood, sleeping sun or blizzard, Cody, Summer, Hawk, Eddie, Turtle, too. With their friend Coyote and the best friend Lizard. Come and join the fun and we'll all say If you have a segment idea, please share it with us. We'd love to know what you're thinking. Go to, here you go, kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the link to share your segment idea. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org lifestyles. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919 Lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. 
of course, you can always go to our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on the social media icons at the top of the page. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, Natasha Coles, and our executive producer, Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Yeah, the